0: From the Los Angeles Times, this is Coronavirus in California, stories from the front lines. I'm Gustavo Arellano, it's Friday, April 24th. Today, even as most of the world shuts down, immigration raids continue in the United States, and immigrants who are picked up can be taken to detention centers. The Adelanto Ice Processing Center in San Bernardino County is one of the largest such facilities in the country. According to a lawsuit filed by the ACLU of Southern California, it's also cramped and crowded a, quote, tinderbox scenario, when it comes to a potential coronavirus outbreak. The group has filed a lawsuit demanding a drastic reduction in the number of detainees at the detention center. Sergio Jonathan Moreno spent more than two years in Adelanto. With the help of law students at UC Irvine's Immigrant Rights Clinic, Sergio argued he was at high risk for COVID-19 and was released. Now confined to his mother's apartment in El Monte with an ankle bracelet, Sergio worries about those he left behind. Blue Shield of California would like to take this moment to thank the mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, friends, and heroes on the front line. This fight is tough, but so are you. And we're grateful for your courage and your dedication to keeping us all safe and healthy. Thank you. Sergio, when was the first time when you were inside in Atalanta when you folks there started hearing about coronavirus?
1: It was like a month and a half ago. That's when we first started hearing in the news. Um, And then when it went into the national emergency and stuff, that's when they came in and they started explaining uh, most of the stuff that's going on.
0: And so when it comes out, what do all of you start thinking or what do you start talking about?
1: Uh, We got all nervous. And they were saying that they were going to start quarantining people before they bring them inside. Any new people that came in, um, they are going to quarantine for 14 days. They're going to check if they have symptoms. If they show any type of symptoms, they wouldn't come in. If if they were cool after the 14 days, they're able to come in and then they get their bed and everything. But they actually never did that. Like two days later, they brought a, a new person in. They didn't ask him um if he was sick or anything. They just asked him um, um if he's showing any type of symptoms. They, they didn't check him. When he came in, he said he was coughing. He had a little uh headache, a fever but they said oh he's fine they don't you don't qualify for the coronavirus but they didn't even quarantine him for 14 days they just straight brought him in and they gave him a room so uh, at first we were like what the hell is like uh they said they were going to put him aside for 14 days and check if they were good to come in and everything so we as a group everyone just started talking so the next day they were trying to bring three more guys in and what we did is we went in front of the main door and we stood there and like, no, they can't come in. You guys said that you're gonna quarantine them and check them and screen them and everything, and you guys didn't. This new guy right here that's saying that you guys didn't do anything. So, so we have the proof, you know? After that, they, they, they moved them and they, they took them to another dorm. The next day is when the, the supervisor came in at night and uh, he explained, he's like, no matter what we do, they're still picking up people. They're still going to be coming in. The best thing we could do is just check them. But we're like, you never checked them. You, you only asked them questions. And he told you guys that he was sick. And you guys didn't take it serious. So, um, so he's like, no matter what we do, they're still going to come in. There's nothing we can do. There's, they're still picking them up and we have nowhere to put them. Like, no matter what you guys do, they're still going to come in here.
0: At that point then, what do all of you folks start doing? Do they start giving you masks? or? Yeah,
1: they didn't give us no mask. Uh, the geos in there, the officers, they, most of them don't even have masks or gloves. Like us, we're like, there all the time. So there's no way we're going to get it unless it comes off from the workers or a new person. So we, what we decided is when someone comes in, like, keep our distance and just keep an eye out. If he starts coughing or anything like that, we're going to call the supervisor. And like, oh hey, man, this guy's caution Can like put him in another room or something.
0: Yeah, and it must be tough because it's already you know people are super sad because they're undocumented, they're in, in detention for god knows how long, and now everyone's even on more more on an edge because of this whole coronavirus.
1: It's just crazy. Um, I was locked up for uh 29 months, and uh, I didn't think I was ever gonna get out. <laughs> but um, I was happy enough that that uh. I was able to get released because of the pandemic that's going on right now. There's still a lot of people in there that are, that are have no charges, they vacated the charges, and they're still not letting them out. Because of the coronavirus, it's like all the courtrooms are not open. There's only certain courtrooms. They only have certain judges. And it's like uh, through phone call interview, like um, FaceTime, it's, it's taking longer. It's taking, a lot of people's cases are taking longer and they're getting rescheduled. So a lot of people are like worried that if they go on quarantine, that it's gonna affect their case and they're gonna be there longer. That's what they're yeah. all worried about, that they're gonna get locked up and they're just gonna be locked up all day. Like I've been locked up before when they, they quarantined this uh, other place because they thought they had measles or something. So they quarantined us and they only let us out for like 30 minutes to, to shower and warm up your food. Other than that, you're locked up in the room all day. And that's so what a lot of people are worried about. If we go on quarantine, we're gonna be the same way, like for who who knows how long. So a lot of people are worried about that.
0: Can you describe Adelanto like you know walls super crowded, barbed wire, all of that?
1: There's no structure. Uh one every day is different. Like the time when we go to Chow it's it's always changing. It's never the same. Medical staff like when we put a medical is Nothing set on the time that they say they're going to do things. And you ask them questions and they're like, oh, I don't know. Or, or when you ask a deportation officer also questions about your case, they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know your case. But I, I signed up for an interview with you to talk to you about my case. And you know who you're coming to see. Shouldn't you know something about my case? They just want you to get deported. And then they're going to keep you there for a long time until you decide to give up. And just sign.
0: This LA Times podcast is presented by Blue Shield of California. The fight is tough, but so are you. Thank you, Frontline. This advertiser has no influence over editorial decisions or content. So, Sergio, at what point do either yourself or your lawyer think, you know what, we got to get Sergio out of here because this coronavirus is really dangerous at a facility like Adelanto?
1: Well, it was just last week when she told me she was going to put in the motion for the habeas corpus. It actually was pretty quick. I was really, really surprised. Uh, She put it in on Monday, and by Thursday, she already had an answer. So I was really grateful on that. Um,
0: Like, what did she say? Like, she said, hey, Sergio, like, I'm going to get you out because... You know, you're probably going to get coronavirus if you're in there.
1: She asked me a couple questions, how, they're, how they have us in there, um, are we, if they're keeping us with social distancing or nothing. But no, everything's pretty much the same. Um, people aren't wearing masks. And when we go to chow, we sit next to each other. We're in the dorms all together. So there isn't really any difference that they're doing. Um, they ain't like providing us with gloves. They ain't providing us with sanitizer. They ain't providing us with masks. It's pretty much the same thing.
0: So when you left, what did you tell your fellow detainees, or what did they tell you?
1: Well, everyone just started asking me what you do, what you do. I was like, well, my lawyer put this petition, the habeas corpus, and I explained everything that I that I told her. And then they all started asking me for a phone number, and then they're all happy that I'm getting out, and because I I was there for a long time, and I don't know, it was just surprising. I, I didn't think I was going to get out. I i I was just quiet all the time. The whole time, I was like, what? I can't believe it. I, yeah. I still didn't believe it
0: until it actually called me. Yeah, no, for sure, over two and a half years. Uh, so you get back home, but, like, you know, we have all this social distancing. So how has your family and your friends been able to catch up with you?
1: Oh, I haven't seen any of my friends. Uh, my family, that's what got me uh, a little nervous. So when I first came out, right away, they gave me a mask and gloves, and they're like, oh, the, the hug and." No one in anything. So when I came in, I had to take all my clothes off, take a shower, sanitize myself, and everything. And, and it's just totally different <laughs> from what I remember. You know, it's in, yeah, it's, it's it's different for me.
0: Yeah, no, it's tough because you haven't seen your family, you know, your wife, your kid, your mom, your brother, in like over two years, at least in that sort of close relationship away from the detention facility. And all of a sudden you're like, well, you can't really hug and you can't really do much because of this social distancing. Yeah, uh,
1: when I first got here, I couldn't even hug my daughter. So I had to take a shower first. And uh, I, was, I was wanting to cry and stuff. Like I haven't given her a good hug in so long and... I'm really happy that I'm with my family now, and uh, I've been spending time with my daughter these past days. I'm, I'm just happy to be out.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. You know, a lot of people, the issue, of course, of illegal immigration, really contentious still in the United States, even in California. And some people say, well, you know, people shouldn't be caring about undocumented immigrants. They should just be left there at the detention facility. What would be your response to people who say stuff
1: like that? They shouldn't be thinking like that about people and making some... There's a lot of people in there that that don't really deserve to be there. Everyone thinks that there's like big time criminals in there and there's there's really not. There's just misdemeanors. I'm I'm one of the few that they got lucky and got released, but there's still a lot in there that are still fighting and
0: uh Well so what's next for you? Are is there still a chance that you might be put back in? Are you out for
1: good? What's next? Well, I'm still gonna be fighting my case. I'm actually in an ankle monitor right now, so I'm like kind of like in a house arrest thing. And I don't have my first interview till June 10th. And right there, they'll I guess they'll give me new restrictions. I don't know if they'll take this ankle monitor off, but um, my case is still going. And the next thing I gotta do is vacate my charge. And hopefully, if I vacate my charge, the charges of immigration will be dropped. And I would be able to win my case, but uh, if, if I lose, I still would have to go back. They'll pick me up again and I go back and I still go through the deportation proceeding again.
0: We reached out to ICE and to the GEO Group, which owns the Adelanto Detention Center for comment. According to them, there's clean water and soap at Adelanto, and all staff and detainees now have masks. New detainees are screened before entering the facility. Those with fevers or other COVID-19 symptoms are isolated from the general population. Those without but deemed at high risk to contract coronavirus are housed in a single cell or in groups. Adelanto hasn't yet reported any positive coronavirus cases, but they claim to have identified 600 detainees vulnerable to catching the disease. That's it for today's episode of Coronavirus in California, Stories from the Front Lines. Thanks for listening. Do you have a story you want to share with us? Call our hotline at 213-986-5652 and leave us a message. That's 213-986-5652 or email me, gustavo.arellano at latimes.com. This podcast was hosted by me, Gustavo Arellano. Our producers are Paige Heimson and Stan Lee. Our senior producer is Rena Palta and our executive producer is Abby Fentra Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Heflin and our music, original of course, was composed by Andrew Eapins. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special gracias to Julia Turner, Shelby Grad, Hector Becerra, and Clint Schock. For the latest coronavirus stories by my LA Times colleagues, including an up-to-the-minute tracker of cases across California, don't forget to visit our website. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the LA Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe, because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash supportlatimes to subscribe. Stay safe and see you Monday.